Hello, folks, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Uh, we're here every week just to break it down. Myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and BTSC.com, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com, NFL Insider, Vikings, longtime Vikings writer. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to that draft where uh, – we got to start talking about it, Mark, because it's coming one way or the other. And and start uh, talking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's so funny. We were we were kind of talking off air about so much of this is uh, speculation, and and you know, mock draft after this, and they they change them up. You know, so like there's so many mock drafts that every conceivable permutation is covered. You know, and so oh, I got this one right. You know, and you know whatever, but. Uh, and you said to me, you used to think, you know, you were able to get the first pick of the Vikings spot, but after not since then, it's just like it's just well, crazy not, not not just not the Vikings, just the first one overall. I mean, oh, last geez. year, yeah, last year it was Aiden Hutchinson, and uh, you know, for seemed like, you know, if you had to redo the draft, I would take Agent Aiden Hutchinson, uh, but then Jacksonville, you know, went the other way with the other edge rusher, and so yeah, it's uh. It's kind of it is you know what we have. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks here, but right. they, that's the same thing going on this year. Is well, this you know Young's the, the is the the best quarterback, but Stroud's the safe pick, and so um, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, the three words you don't hear, but very much for sports writers or people in the media anymore is I don't know, and you put them together. <laughs> uh, you, that's uh, you don't get too many clicks whenever you say hell. I don't know. Well, that's, that's you so know, you gotta know, Joe. We gotta know. That's what I was saying to this guy this morning. I was at the chiropractor. I was saying, That's, I, you know, I said, everything is, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot. I said, and all the, at this time, there's so much smoke being blown, you know, because he was saying, he was talking about the Packers and the, uh, the GM from the Jets guaranteed the, the trade. And I said, yeah, well, Rick Spielman said he would never trade Percy Harvin, you know. So, I mean, you'd never know what's gonna happen. There's so much talk and it, and it, and it is a crapshoot. Well, I finally said to him, I, that's why I don't have answers. That's why I don't say anything. I just, you know, I mean, it's all speculation. Well, I doubt that Rick, uh, we have to go back and look at the tape because uh, uh, the way Rick phrased it, I'm sure it was, I will never trade. It was, I don't intend to, or, I mean, the, the way that they yeah, answer questions right. is there's, there's always a, there's always an escape hatch on all answers uh, this time of year. Well, the funny thing it is, you can say whether you, you're going to trade it or not, and then all of a sudden they can give you an offer you can't refuse, you're going to trade it anyway. So who the hell? It doesn't matter. I said to him, I just wait till, wait till uh, you know, the, the, the contract is signed or the trade is made or the draft pick is done and then report on it. It's a safer bet. But anyway, speaking of all that speculation and that, that – uh, uh, stuff we don't know and rumors. Uh, there's all continue to be rumors about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is going to go to the, uh, he's going to be traded to the 49ers or he's going to be traded here or there. And I don't know if it's just a matter of clickbait to generate, you know, eyeballs on your stuff, but it just keeps coming up because I, I click on it, you know, to see, oh God, what's something happened with Kirk? You know, you see Kirk Cousins and then trade, you know, I come across your phone. So you, quick dive in and it's just like it's just more speculation has nothing behind it you know so you're still falling for that stuff when uh, <laughs> when you see on your phone part of my job i guess I, fans I react to huge kirk cousins news um so yeah we're, we're gonna say that that's all crap and now we're gonna talk about all that yes yeah uh, so yeah it's, it's what we do it's what we do joe uh you know 
I'm sure that, yeah, there's, there's discussions, there's, there's thoughts, you know, as you're putting together a team and you have one, you have a guy like at the top, uh, you know, I, my feeling is that they, you know, he's not going to be traded that, but there, there is, the wheels are turning big time on what is the next step at quarterback. Right. right. Um, he's, he's brought you some stability, you know, uh, durability for what is he going into five, six years, whatever it is. Uh, but he's going to be turning 35. We don't, you know, I would assume, you know, he's going to play for, he's, he doesn't have, has no intentions to retire, but you know, the Vikings have got, to, you know, with having Justin Jefferson being young and being the best receiver, they, they have to, there has to be a tra- uh, a tra- an ability to transition to a, you know, a good quarterback who's a, a young quarterback who will be an affordable quarterback for four years. Uh, so that, that, that has, has to be the constant in your mind. If you're, if you're running a team is what is the next step at quarterback? Uh, so th- this is, this is a year where, you know, I, it could be that they start putting that in place this year. Uh, if they don't, you know, I, what are you waiting for? Uh, so if there has to be some sort of move toward that this, this year, and, you know, I think we both feel very strongly that way, but it's like, who, where are they going to get somebody at 23? You know, I, I saw rumors all day today, yesterday, that Vikings are now thinking about moving up to uh, uh, the third and, and trade with the, the Cardinals, who are apparently open to trade. And Schefter or one of those guys reported oh, yeah. that seven teams have called them about the, the uh, third pick and – he didn't name the Vikings as one of them, but then someone writes a story, but, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's nothing that would surprise me in this league. I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess this has been 20 some years ago. That when the, the OJ Simpson, the old OJ Simpson situ- situation was like, you know, uh, you know, those that's back when you used to get surprised about things. Now it's like, you know, well, I don't know, you know, could, could so-and-so do that? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of know. I don't think so, but who knows? Uh, so it's kind of like that way on the field and in, in, in the draft rooms. I, I have no idea. But but if you just sit down and look at it, I mean, logically, you know, the Cardinals, yeah, the Cardinals are open for business at number three, but the Cardinals want a premium edge rusher or the top, you know, defensive tackle. They, they want – they don't want to go down to 23 and be picking the, the – you know, the fifth best edge rusher or the fourth best cornerback or, you know, the, the pick that the trade that's going to probably happen is they go down one spot. They give Indianapolis the third quarterback in the draft guaranteeing Indianapolis, the third quarter quarterback. And then the Cardinals, you know, sort of like when the Vikings traded down with Cleveland and still got, you know, the the tackle that they wanted. Um, Matt Khalil, you know, so now the you know the Cardinals go down one spot. They get Will Anderson or or whoever whatever defensive player they want to have uh, come in, and that that's the trade I think is going to happen. I mean that you know you don't go down to twenty three, right? Uh, but yeah, and then the Vikings don't have they don't have a lot to go up, other than you know you want to do a Herschel Walker trade and give three number ones and three oh, number twos you're... and a three and what if they and can do trade all of that? Mark, can they trade Rudy Gobert to, for a bunch of draft picks? You think, or or no? Yeah, it's a, you know, let's uh, let's all just uh, get it. You know, that, that's they need the Vikings culture is what they need because the Vikings aren't punching each other. The Vikings are holding hands and hugging each other and 
talking to each other in the hallway. So come on. Yeah, the wolves were a little punchy. Maybe maybe O'Connell can coach both teams. What do you think? It's there awesome. you go. Kind of a total kumbaya. All teams hand yeah. hands together. Anyway, well, we we know we figure. You know, you said guaranteeing at three the third uh, the third quarterback is you'd have a third pick, so they couldn't take any more than that before you. Uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. You would say those are the third. You think those are going to go if that trade happens? The first three off the board and. And uh, anything the Vikings want as a signal caller, they're going to have to scrap and claw to get the fourth or fifth taken. Well, I would think that Will Levis might be the third guy taken. And then Richards, Richardson's probably more of the, uh, you know, boomer bust, they say. You know, Richardson's that 6'4", 225, runs the 4'3", all that, all those, you know, one of those wow things that you see. Uh, but he's not as polished as uh, – uh, as Levis and maybe some of the, uh, those other guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Vikings, if they stay where they're at and no one else jumps in front of, you know, the, the other thing you got to look at is, is uh, probably before quarterbacks going, and then they're looking at the fifth one, probably, uh, which is that Hendon um, Hooker. Is Hendon Hooker? He's a Tennessee kid. He's got a lot of talent, but, you know, he's coming off an ACL, which I guess wouldn't bother the Vikings because they don't need him to start right away. Uh, and, you know, people don't seem to worry about injuries of that nature. I mean, it, you know, hell, the, the, you know, the Lions trade up and take that receiver uh, that uh, had an ACL in the, in the championship game. Uh, and then he comes back and plays the next year or he paid, played toward the end of last year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking at that, you know, maybe the fifth quarterback. Uh, but then if there's other teams behind them, they might try and jump into, into the 21st spot or 22nd or whatever. Uh, if they, if they really have a strong feeling about that guy. So, you know, they're not going to be getting the cream of the crop, the, 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 the elite top three guys. No, but I think if it, it all depends on how they feel about that guy. I mean, if, if they, if they don't feel like he can be the guy, then don't take him just to take him. Don't do a Christian Ponder move. Christian right. Ponder was picked just because he was a quarterback. I don't, I you know, it was a strike year. I have a hard time believing that Spielman was a hundred percent all in on Christian Ponder. Uh, but at that point, you know, there, you know, the entire off season was washed. They didn't have a quarterback. You know, uh, they had to, they had to put something in place. And I think that's when you're desperate like that, that's what you end up with sometimes. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, it, or, or put forth is that this certainly isn't the year where the Vikings have the, the the trade capital or the the draft capital to trade up and try to compete for somebody. You shouldn't do that unless you know that's the guy. I mean, they only got five picks right now, so they they don't have enough capital to trade up and jump ahead of somebody to make sure they get their quarterback. If they do something like that, they better be rock solid certain that he's their guy and there's no such thing in the draft is there no but they, they you know you've got the guy now you got the head coach in place that you trust with the quarterback position a lot more than I mean he's hired you know Kevin O'Connell was hired to be the offensive guy the the uh the quarterback whisperer and all that's so all the things that Zimmer wasn't you know ironically now they got that in place they feel comfortable about that but then they had to go get a new defensive coordinator so so, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those where, you know, now is a good time to identify a quarterback, and if you can make it work, make it work. Um, and I think you, know, you don't have a second-round pick. Uh, 
you start picking in the third round. I mean, granted, there's I mean, look what San Francisco did with the seventh round with uh with uh Purdy, you know. Uh you can you can find guys like that, but you know, you also have to have everything else in place. And um, you know, I think they take a quarterback at some point in the draft, but then you start getting toward the end and is it is it really worth it? I, I don't know. It's just feel like this is this is the year to have you know, all eyes on that, making that work and making it work in a way where you're picking a guy that you feel like you can, you can groom over the next year, year and a half, two years. You make, you make a very good point about O'Connell. You know, he's probably, uh, that's the kind of guy he was. He's, you know, been worked with quarterbacks in the past and he was a quarterback. Is Am I right about that at some point? Yeah. Yeah. He's a- um, so he's probably got to be anxious because, any new regime wants to put their stamp, get their guys in there. I mean, they love Kirk. Kirk's going to be great for the rest of this year. And maybe, you know, if he wins Super Bowl, they'll have to bring him back. But, you know, you want to start grooming that guy for the next stage so that, you know, yeah, that, that's a great point. So may, maybe you should possibly consider the fact that they're, they're going to try to trade up. That's got to why they got to be hanging on to people like Dalvin Cook and, Zadarius Smith, who are just going to be dangled out there for trade bait somehow to get some capital so they can move up in this draft, right? I just don't know if it's enough, if that's enough of, you know, because they come with they come with serious financial baggage and yeah. age, you know, a 28-year-old running back, a 31, 31-year-old edge rusher who didn't make it through last year healthy. I don't know if that's enough to entice anybody. You know, maybe it's a it's a situation where if they see if they do see uh, a guy, you know, like even if it's if it's Hooker or it's <clears throat> Richardson Falls, and they can go up a couple spots maybe to try and get it. I see that, but I don't. You know, I don't see them going into the top ten. I mean, they just don't have have the the you know the firepower to do that. And you know, and the Vikings. Um, you could say, "Oh, I'll wait till next year." Well, the Vikings certainly have hopes of. I mean, they're not; they don't intend, or, or we, people shouldn't expect that they're going to be a three-win team because they lost some, because they've dealt with some uh, salary cap issues. You know, getting rid of some guys that they probably would have kept, that they would have kept had it not been for the salary cap. Um, but they're not going to do a full retreat. So, you know, because they say that next year that there's two quarterbacks that are going to be one-two next year. Um, so. You know, you can't expect to be up there. So you got to start, like, thinking about it. And really, if you can put it in place, do it. Right. So that brings us back to who are they going to take at 23. Uh, probably conventional wisdom says is they'll trade down. But if they stay there, I think they got to get a cornerback, not a quarterback, but a cornerback there. It's supposed to be a draft. I mean, they 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 just lost his board. He was signed by the Cardinals. And that leaves them with uh, – uh, Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans are the only two cornerbacks that did see some action last year. Shannon Sullivan's still around, but he's a free agent that they're not interested in keeping. So that I mean, I mean they got rid of Peterson and Dantzler and uh, uh, now Chris Boyd and whoever else. So what what uh, it's got to be you know they, they did it's got to be a uh, cornerback, isn't it? Or is is it still wide receiver? I know I. I... I said they're going to, I don't know what I'm going to do for my mock draft, but um, I might be the only guy left in the world that probably just does one on the draft. I'm, if I'm going to be wrong, I won't be wrong one time and, be, and have it have it be over with. Um, so, you know, 
corner, you know, there, there's two corners that are expected to go in the top 10. So you're, and then there's a third one that's supposed to go in the, you know, fifth in the 15, 16 range. So you're looking at the fourth corner that they're going to, that they would be picking. I, 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 yeah. Granted, if, if they're not happy with a uh, say, say hookers, the uh, hand Herndon hooker is a guy that they're like, nah, we can't make him work. And there's no one else. There's also the, uh, you know, early on in some mock drafts, like a PFF had them taking the, uh, Tanner McKee from Stanford is a huge quarterback, 6'6", like 230. Uh, but then you see other people saying he's going to go on the third third day. So uh, I, I who knows? But, you know, if they're not happy with or content with a quarterback in that first round, then, yeah, I would think it's corner. Um, but, you know, you're going to get maybe the fourth best corner. You're going to get, uh, you know, it's going to be a run on receivers, they say, in that area. Um you know, receivers a possibility, but uh, for right now, I I I like them just for the kind of the way that they they've they've talked about uh, and, and the actions that they've done around Kirk and his contract. I feel like this is going to be the year that they say, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a plan in place uh, and try and make that work. You think that people, after watching Quasey and, and O'Connell in their first draft last year, are going to say, oh, let's go talk to the Vikings. They're going to give you whatever you want just so they can move around in the draft and see them as a as a, as a a willing trade partner? If I'm Detroit, I, I'd be giving them a call. Saying, <laughs> I, feel, I still feel that, that, that you know, I, I, you can – I mean, my initial reaction with a lot, a lot of people was they didn't get enough to, to go down 20 spots. And right. you can, you know, and they sort of poo-pooed uh, the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart as being antiquated and all this stuff. And I, I'm still like, I don't know, Jimmy did pretty well in the draft and kind of knew what he was doing. Uh, if you can say that you're the smartest guy in the room, but let's, you know, history has to prove that, correct? I, I just feel like they that the you know they didn't give they didn't get enough to go back as far as they did, you know I guess if if I had to say what are they going to do you know based on the fact they don't have a second rounder, based on the fact that we know Quasey's going to this is his day he wants to to make all these moves and how crazy all the I mean how many moves they made last year I would think yeah they they're they're a prime candidate to move down and get more picks and take somebody at the bottom of the first round, or maybe, you know, they get, I can't see them going out of the first round, but I definitely can see them going down. Which is such great fun for sports writers covering it, right? You're all set to start writing about a pick and all of a sudden, Oh, the Vikings have traded. I, I don't, I can't forget how many times I've been out at winter park or, or TCO and, and, uh, uh, you know, you're just waiting. Okay, finally the Vikings are going to pick, and then and then they trade down, and you groan. And it, and Spielman was doing it all over in the seventh round, loading up all these seventh round picks. So so you're there all night having to to hack it out before the before the presses run. Yeah, whenever he would stockpile the seventh rounders, I I always you know I would tell Rick this to his face. I might have told it to his face. I used to joke with it. I'd say, you know, Rick, you're, you're you're always looking for the next Chris Spielman, but you're always finding the next Rick Spielman because uh, <laughs> Chris was a linebacker. Chris's younger, uh, uh, Rick's younger brother, Chris, was a pretty darn good linebacker at Ohio State and Detroit. Uh, Detroit and uh, his la- I, I actually covered him his last training camp when he was trying to come back with the Browns. And I remember asking him, uh, 
I asked him a question. Because you could tell it, it, it was, you know, it's going to be a struggle for him to make the team. And he, had, he still had the neck injury. It broke his neck in Buffalo and missed a year. And uh, I asked, I said, Chris, are you afraid? Are you afraid to, to play football with your neck? And oh, the look he gave me, the answer he gave me was just like this. He wanted to kill me. And Chris Palmer was the head coach at the time. And after Rick, after Chris got done speaking, he goes, I said, well, Mark, I think you got your answer. And I went, yep, yep, I did. So, <laughs> uh, but then he, then he had took a real hard hit from some third string fullback and ended up that ended his career. Cause he just, his neck wasn't, wasn't healthy enough, wow. but yeah, it's, I used to joke that. Yeah. He, and, and Rick was also a linebacker that played some small school and tried to play in the NFL and didn't make it. So uh, yeah, to me, it's, uh, he did hit on like a Jamarcus Sanford. So, you know, there were some seventh rounders that uh, were pretty good picks, but uh, and generally that's uh, you pick there. You're, you're not getting much. And here, here we, after telling that story about Chris Spielman, we're sitting here saying that we can't predict anything. Mark, it's like you can see the future, buddy. You know. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, if, if I, uh, that he would uh, just not play, but. Uh, uh, to me, it was like you broke your neck for God's sakes. You're, you're a linebacker, and you broke your neck. And you know, what are you? What are you still doing on the football field? Look uh, at Tiger Woods hobbling around uh, those hills of Augusta. You know he he's well, uh, he's struggling. I got with the, one and a half legs. I got the plantar. I got plantar fasciitis going on right now. In addition to everything else, uh, so I, I I recognize that when they showed him on 17, it's like walking up 17 i said i i know that walk because that, yeah. that's usually in the morning that's the, the morning walk with the plantar fasciitis so uh <sighs> it's it fun well, watching him i watched every shot his first two rounds and uh you know it's amazing how it it looks better you hear someone say oh they shot 74 you're like oh it's terrible but it's like it's just it's one or two bad shots it's not making the putts that he normally makes uh he played pretty well i thought not enough well, Father time gets us all. It's uh, I think it's finally come for Tiger. Uh, that we'll take a break because we're straying off into uh, the Masters and, and golf. So we'll, we'll get back on it with some some more draft talk and more Vikings talk. So come on back to Purple or Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, you know, you and I were talking in preparation for this, and and uh, you asked the question, where where does where does Jalen Carter fall? You know, he's got a uh, big time defensive lineman from Georgia, who they say is a, is a sure deal, but you know, he had the, he got picked up for reckless driving, I guess he called and, and racing. He was racing his car and uh, got pulled out of a combine and, and uh, had to go respond to those charges. So he's got a little baggage and uh, you know, kind of posing the question that would he fall so far as to be there at 23? I, I don't, I don't think so, but, but what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and you know, and that, uh, you know, I don't know all the details of it, but it also led to the death of a teammate and someone else in there uh, in the Georgia program. Uh, you know, oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. So there, it was kind of, it was a big deal. It's a, uh, you know, yeah. back whenever the, the, the bears had the first pick, uh, you know, they said, well, they're not going to take a quarterback, obviously. So Carter was considered the you know, the number one draft pick. I think he's probably still considered the, the best player in the draft. So with it, that being said, it, I, he doesn't make it all the way to twenty three. But you know, there's been times where you you say something, we say something like that, and then uh, like Aaron Rodgers, it was like Aaron Rodgers was going to be number one overall. He ends up going number twenty four to the Packers. 
Um, there was there was that debate on you know, is it going to be Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers? Right. Alex Smith goes one, and Rodgers sits there all day long as you know the cameras on him and everything. Uh, but when you look at uh, who's in the top ten, uh, you know, this, and Carter also came out and said, "I'm not visiting anywhere that's not outside the you know, any any team that's outside the top 10. That doesn't mean he wouldn't go to them if they picked him. But uh, I I don't see him. You know, Seattle's at number five. You could say Seattle. Well, Seattle could surprise you and take a quarterback. I mean, Geno Smith is not their long-term answer, even though you know, they signed him to a contract. I'm sure it's team-friendly. Uh, then, then Detroit, you know, Detroit's sitting there at six. They, you know, you could say, hey, Detroit might take a quarterback, uh, you know, because, you know, they, they want to put another uh, plan in place after Jared Goff. I don't – but Goff's a, he's a little bit younger. I don't know that, that they would do that. So Carter's in play there. I mean, Carter could be in the division, you know, pushing around uh, Viking centers for a while. Then uh, Chicago at number nine, Chicago could make that trade, get all that draft capital and still get the guy that they would have taken number one overall. That that's kind of how I, if, if, uh, if Carter makes it past Seattle and Detroit, I think Chicago takes it. If Chicago doesn't take him, then Philly at number 10 after losing Hargrave uh, to the 49ers, I could see the, him and then he'd put him right next to, uh, uh, the guy, the the guy I wanted, I, I said the Vikings should take last year the defensive tackle, the huge guy. Uh, forget drawing blank on his name, but I, I they, yeah. so you put you know, Philly takes him. So I, I I don't think he goes outside the top ten, but uh, I guess a Vikings fan could uh, could dream. You know, it's interesting. We voice you always see the the uh, uh, either the shows or the reports made up. Uh, after after drafts, you know, like all the mistakes that were made at at number one, like you know, uh, you, you got Michael Michael Jordan going number three, and you always hear about the guys that were taken ahead of him. Well, then you got uh, who's the who's the Raiders quarterback that that went number one overall that just never did anything. I can't remember. Jamarc Jamarco Jamarco Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, we always hear about those, but what we never hear about, and they should someone should collect these is how many times people have dropped and for, for so many reasons, and then they proved to be great. Aaron Rodgers, you just said, how did that guy end up at 24 and the Vikings have two cracks at him and don't get him out. We all know that story, but uh, you've got uh, the Vikings getting Randy Moss at, uh, I think 19, you've got Percy Harvin 21, at 21 yeah. and, and Percy Harvin at 22. And even Adrian Peterson, because of an injury falls to the Vikings, you know, uh, uh, early, uh, later than he should have gone earlier. How come nobody's, you know, you, you never see that collected? Well, you know, the, that that's happened here in Minnesota. It happens everywhere. People don't pick somebody and they end up being a, a Hall of Fame player like like Aaron Rodgers, Randy Moore. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Randy, obviously Randy had all kinds of, you know, baggage, uh, character concerns coming in. And, uh, you know, Jeff Diamond, the GM at the time, um you know, he was, he was part of that whole process. You know, obviously Denny and, and those, and, you know, keeping their eye on Moss. And I think Denny was the one that was the first one to say, Hey, we can get this guy. We're going to take this guy. Uh, but I remember like, uh, you know, Jeff's fascinating to talk to. I play golf with him twice a week, you know, and uh, we talk, you know, we've talked obviously a lot about that and uh, how, you know, he, when Randy went in the hall of fame, uh, you know, cause uh, when Randy signed his contract, you know, Jeff Diamond had a, um, did the contract for it. It was a character clause in there. 
that they would collect, you know, big time money if if they ever had any problems with Randy. Well, they, you know, they didn't have any, you know, problems that es- I mean, they had the, you know, some of the stuff that they had pretty minor. They were, <laughs> but they were talking. They were talking more about like serious legal issues yeah. or you know, you know, where he would be suspended and you know a lot more than the shenanigans that, that he got into. But uh, and then you know, he said he saw him and when Randy went in, he congratulated him. He said, "I told you, Jeff Diamond, you were you never were going to collect that character money on me." And so, uh, yeah. So so Randy's Randy to me is the classic, you know, fall that the Vikings were like, wow. You know, because they had they had uh, Chris Carter, they had Jake Reed. Uh, here comes Randy Moss. That just you know ma- elevated it to the, you know, one of the best you know, top two or three receivers in history. Yep. Uh, you know, Percy was the same. Percy was uh, you know, I remember Sid Hartman on draft night. Talk about how the drafts have changed over the years. They they told you know Sid Hartman who probably knew more uh, about what was going on with the Vikings than the Vikings knew at one time. But in the year Percy was drafted, uh, you know, Sid would say, oh, they're not going to take him. They're not going to take him. Well, then they took him and Sid was all mad and uh, was chasing down the Wilfs yelling, you said you wouldn't take the marijuana guy. You said you wouldn't take the marijuana guy. <laughs> the marijuana so, guy. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was Sid. That was uh, Percy's uh, Sid Hartman, uh, uh, you know, nickname was the marijuana guy. They took the marijuana guy. They told me they wouldn't. Um uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, and then Adrian was another classic example. Chester Taylor came in and had a 1,200-yard season, right. I believe. And then Adrian's—they're sitting there at number seven. They had no expectations of Adrian being of making it past like Tampa Bay at four. Uh, so he's sitting there, and they're like, "Wow, you know." And Adrian had a lot of injury uh, at, at Oklahoma. Yeah. Had a ton of injury problems, but it was just a, you know, generational talent that they. That they had to take so and he had Vikings are well injury problems with the Vikings. You know he didn't get injured that much in his career. Uh, yeah, but when he did, when he when he had a catastrophic knee injury, he comes back and has wins MVP the next exactly. year. So just a fascinating, you know, he he's a uh, fascinating in in the fact that 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 2012 season will go down as you know one of the, the greatest ever because not only was it great, but it was hey, this guy blew out. This guy had a his leg almost came off in Washington, like how many, you know, six months earlier and hit and to do what he did. So yeah, they're, they're uh, Vikings have benefited tremendously uh, from people dropping to them. Oh, there's nobody like it. The the rehab man, when he came back from injury, and I, I've told the story many times, I, I went up and sought uh, medical advice from Adrian Peterson. You know, I was thinking of getting an ACL done and, and uh, said, Adrian, you don't think I should do it. He goes, if you can't do what you want to do, get it done. So, so I did. There you go. You and Adrian. Yes, that's right. Now I can whip up on Mar- Mark uh, every week. Yeah, me, me, me and Tiger, you and Adrian. Uh, that's just <laughs> four of the greatest athletes in history, Joe. That is true. Um, you know, it, it, that, that to me just more and more, it's just a crapshoot because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And they always say you cannot evaluate a draft the next day. You got to wait three years while well, you got to wait even longer when people like uh, Aaron Rodgers turned, you know, had to wait three years just to get on the field for crying out loud, three or four years. And, and uh, now he's the hall of famer and, and one of the best ever. And, and I, why, why did he drop? I, that, I just, Chris, I had no idea. I mean, I knew he was up there in that discussion with, with uh, Smith, but wh- why, how does he drop to 24? Nobody needed a quarterback. I know the Vikings didn't, you know, I had Dante Culpepper who then blew out his knee and 
basically uh, went down the road to the end of his career. But uh, how does that happen? A, a, a talent like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, looking back on it, I think it, was, it came out of that system that they were questioning his, uh, the offensive guy at Cal, uh, I forget his name, but um, you know, that um, was it throwing mechanics. Uh, and, and it was also a time where, you didn't, I don't think, I don't remember, certainly not as many as the last in recent history. Uh, the number of trades that were made on draft day where teams were just like giving everything and going up and down and all over the place. I think you kind of stayed, you know, kind of where you were and took what, but yeah, I did. Yeah. You, you would think that at some point, you know, but you know, that's, that's the hindsight of all this. Uh, you you gotta, know, in, in that draft, the Vikings thought they were replacing Randy Moss with a faster Randy Moss. Oh, this guy ran a 4 3 2. You know, he's going to blow the top off of Troy Williamson, going to blow know. the top off of defenses, you know, and but he couldn't touch the ball. Well, you know, you, you've got to give the Packers credit because they drafted Rodgers with Brett Favre, who'd already won a Super Bowl. And had he, I think he had by that time. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it caused problems, but you know, they're, they're saying this guy is the, the guy you got to get. You got to credit Danny green for saying, you know, you got Jake Reed and Chris Carter, or we need an even better receiver. You know, that's best player menta- available mentality. And you, you have to know what you're doing there to make that call. Because if it, if it blows up in your face, if it's wrong, it, it, it it's, it's bad. So I, I guess I got to give credit for, for those people who make those picks, even when they didn't need them you know, on their dad. Yeah. Know. I mean, the, the, the risk reward uh, diminishes as you fall down. I mean, taking Randy at 22 or uh, 21 is not the risk of taking Randy at nine or, good one or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, uh, you know, the thing with, with Aaron Rodgers was, you know, and Brett Favre, obviously, you know, Brett was not going to be a mentor type guy. They, they, that's another uh, credit to the, to the Packers in that they knew they weren't going to get, uh, like a cooperative, like, first of all, you probably don't want Brett Favre, you know, Brett's a great player, but I don't think you want Brett Favre mentoring a player uh, underneath <laughs> him because, That's a good because Brett, Brett only played, you know, Brett played in a way that I that really in modern football, only Brett Favre got away with. Agreed. You know, yep. the risk, the risk rewards that Brett took, uh, the fact that Brett, you know, never thought he would retire. He probably didn't, I mean, there's been stories. I, I think they might have been had a they, they weren't at each other's throats, but Brett wasn't like, hey, come under my wing. Let, let me show you how to take my job. Uh, so, yeah, that is another another uh, bonus for them. And uh, what, what the Vikings had going, I, you know, I wasn't here at the time, but in just knowing Randy and, and knowing uh, a little bit about Den- Denny Green, I didn't cover Denny, but just kind of knowing about him. Uh, that was a good head coach to have for Randy as a young player, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that, that there was a different situation going on there that he was, was you know, he was a mentor to him for sure. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I love Brad Childress. I, t- I still talk to him, uh, but you know, Brad Childress got a dose of what Randy was like when he came back. And I, even Brad Childress as experienced as Brad is in the NFL, never saw that the, the, the extent to which, that fell apart in 2010. Right. Uh, he, he, he didn't see that one come. No, I, that's, that's exactly true. It, it's a, uh, 
you know, you're, you're, you made the point about Brett Favre only plays the way for Brett Favre could. I remember Baker Mayfield saying that that was his idol coming in, and he tried to play like that, and it hasn't exactly worked out for Baker like uh, like uh, it did for Favre, I guess, at least. Well, not. yeah, I mean, Brett Favre can throw it through windows that, uh, I mean, that Baker and a lot of players. I mean, I remember one of the first times I ever went over to training camp over in Green Bay, I had my back turned to Brett Favre. He threw a ball to a receiver from uh, – Toledo, uh, Toledo, University of Toledo, and uh, you could hear the. I, I never heard a ball whistle through the air like because I was maybe <laughs> ten feet from where that where this ball was attempted to be caught, and I turned around. And I was like, "What is that?" It was a ball being thrown, and and this poor guy tried to catch it, and his finger bent back to his wrist, Ooh. and then Far Far just yelled over, "This ain't the Mac, boy," <laughs> and so so Brett could Brett. You know Brett's a, Brett's confidence in his ability to throw it through windows. Uh, he got it through a lot of windows, but not he, all of them. He also he also <laughs> broke a lot of window panes trying to you know, oh yeah trying to do it. So yeah, the one down in New uh, Orleans I don't think broke. You know, I mean to me that's uh, you know Aaron Rodgers the way Aaron Rodgers played uh, was sort of like Brett without the you know all the interceptions. <laughs> So, <laughs> what you know, you were you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. You brought up said, and but uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. So you, you, the draft is you know you cover the draft differently nowadays than than it was back in the day. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Um, uh, your experiences there. You've been doing it more. Well, than- I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Peter King wrote something, you know, uh, and it's kind of, you know, when, when he takes you on a, you know, Peter's about, you know, came into the business with you in the early eighties. I was like the late eighties. Uh, so it's even different from that, from like, you know, what the combine was like, what the cover of the team was like at that point, but still it was, uh, they were basically, you know, they, in Cleveland, there was probably five or six uh, beat writers for different papers, smaller papers, bigger papers. Um, not that Bill Belichick gave us any uh, great inside information, but but now it's I don't know that anybody gets any any honesty, any true honesty out of a team uh, that, because there's so much out there and there, the ability to communicate. Obviously, you know this is pre Twitter, it's pre social media, uh, 80s, you know, 90s. Uh, so you you know there was more of like, hey, you're you're the mock drafts coming out on. I mean, this sounds so ancient, you know, but uh, the mock draft comes out on the day of the draft and you might get, Hey, we're, you know, we're looking at this guy and they would take that guy, you know, and because, you know, all it took was maybe a, some trust in the fact that, Hey, I'm not going to like say anything until that morning. And uh, you know, the, the Bengals are, I was covering the Browns. I don't think the, I don't think the Steelers and the Oilers and the Bengals are going to be uh, reading the Canton repository to see who, <laughs> who the Browns are going to take or, uh, and then, you know, jumping in front of them or whatever. Uh, but, you know, that's what Peter's story was about in 1984. Uh, Sam Weich pulled, he's a young reporter. Sam Weich pulls him aside and says, hey, you know, we're going to take this guy. We're going to, it was a boomer science and draft and, uh, and then named off like four guys that they ended up pay, taking. So uh, now to me, it's more, you know, how can the, how can the media and just, it's not only the media, but the, extension of what you consider the mainstream media which is the a lot of the websites and everything where they just it kind of originates here and then it's like hey you know if i if i take my mock and i spin it this way and i do it that way then it's my mock 
uh, as opposed, and then it's and then people will do ten mock drafts, and so they they hit all different types of scenarios. Uh, it's it's fun. I mean, I, I I I'll dial them up too, and I'm not looking at them. I mean, I'm not hitting refresh and, and reading them, but uh, it's become just this kind of entertainment. What could be, you know, what right. what might happen as opposed to it used to be. There was a time where if so if it was in so and so's draft or in their mock draft, a pretty damn good chance. You know, that's who they were going to take. You know, so uh, but it it was not shared. You know prior to the draft and it was kind of like on the morning of the draft or, or in hindsight, you would, you would you know, like we didn't see the Houston papers or the Dallas papers and, you know, yeah, it's different. It's just a different, it's a totally different world in, in every respect. Not, you know, not only, uh, uh, I mean, sports like this in, in politics are the same where you can, you are leaking stuff to to get some stuff out there for you. Now, with so much media out there and so many different uh, platforms and such, it's so easy to obfuscate. It's so easy to you know to throw stuff out, smoke screens more so than ever. Before, it would be sitting down with Rick Spielman face to face, and you kind of knew you know just by the nature of who he was that you're either getting the truth or you won't, you weren't you know. Uh, we have no intention of drafting Percy Harvin, you know, well, I mean, I believed it at the time. And the next day I was ticked as hell because I liked Percy. But uh, um, nowadays you can just throw stuff out willy nilly and people will run with it and make it look real. And, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, you just gotta be, you have to be a smarter connoisseur of, uh, or uh, consuming this stuff. It'll be a little smarter. It's like, Hey, you know, it's what it is. It's, it's entertainment. Uh, uh, but yeah, we used to always say, you know, like, because, um, you know, whenever I started covering them, the smokescreen was becoming, they were becoming a little more uh, skilled at smokescreens. You know, so obviously with Bill Belichick was the first head coach I covered uh, full time. Uh, so, you, you know, basically it was, you know, smokescreen, smokescreen for, you know, it, the draft hype wasn't year round then. It was, right. uh, you know, it was, con- you know, had, had a beginning and an end, you know, Uh but you, you, they'd get to draft day and they'd say, oh, this is the guy, you know, oh, my God, he was the top of our board. And so, so it was like, yeah, wait, wait, so you're saying you lied to me in uh, January, February, March. And now you're te- now you're saying something in April. We're supposed to believe it. So uh, I, I take I take with a grain of salt, you know, all the cliches that we will hear on draft day about how you know, whoever they take is the guy they wanted. And, you know, oh, yeah, we've been I, I don't believe I mean, I, I'm not. I do believe that they like who they took or they wouldn't ta- have taken it, but I, I just don't want to hear the, oh, can you believe the Vikings got this guy at, you know, say they trade down 10 times and this guy's, they get a guy at 45, you know, that's their first pick. You know, we had him and we had a, we had a, we had a number one, a first round pick on it. I, it's, I don't, you got to like use your, your BS uh, detector a little bit on some of this draft stuff, uh, even right. when it comes from a team. You don't want to hear all that, but the other side of the coin is you want them to say something. <laughs> you want to get something out of them. Yeah, well, they yeah they they typically say something. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> not much, but they they'll say something. All right, we'll take a break on that note, and we'll be back with a few more quick hitters to go through and uh, chat a little bit more about the draft and the Vikings. Come on back to Purple, God, not Purple Vikings territory breakdown podcast. 
All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, you know, you had pointed out to me earlier that the, the odds, maker, odds makers are kind of jumping on the Lions bandwagon uh, to pick an, as the, the cool pick to win the NFC North. I mean, the Vikings took it away from the Packers last year in grand style, exciting style, dramatic style, and it was wonderful. Um, the You know, depending on how the Packers do with this Aaron Rodgers trade, they could they could backfill in a, in a heartbeat if they get all, everything they want from the Jets. Um, and uh, there's rumor out there that uh, San Francisco is offering a first run. I, I would not make me happy. But, uh, uh, you know, and the Bears are in a rebuild, and they're going to rebound soon. And, and it looks like everybody's assuming that the Vikings, with all the changes they made in the offseason, new, dra- new defensive coordinator, getting rid of some a number of free agents, or not, not free agents, but a number of veterans that have played for, for so long, that they are going to go backwards. What are your thoughts about the NFC and, and these uh, Vegas odds makers are all uh, taking the soup of the day in Detroit? Well, you know, I, I want to jump on the bandwagon with them because wow. you know, it does look, I'm just saying it looks that way. It looks, uh, it looks like Detroit. Um, uh, granted, it, I mean, Jared Goff, you know, is starting to turn heads, I think, and turn opinions on him. He's not just, I, I, he's, he's working toward not being just that throw in on the Stafford trade. Like, oh yeah, by the way, we don't need this guy. You just take him. Uh, you know, that offense was, was a, was a, was a legitimate offense last year, but you know, they also, they did lose Jamal Williams, uh, DJ Chark. So I guess what I'm saying is I want to believe it. I want to, I, I mean, I not want is a strong word, but my logic leans me toward that. But then I keep thinking it's Detroit, you know, something's going to happen. <laughs> something's going to go wrong. Um, you know, they haven't won a division since the mid nineties. I mean, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, I haven't won a playoff game since, uh, since Chris Bill was playing. Or yeah, it's the early, uh, 92 or whatever, I believe. Um, so I, I like where they're going. I, I love, what, you know, the moves that they're making. They got five of the top 95 picks. The Vikings have only two of the top 95 picks. You know, they got the number six pick. They got the number 18 pick. So their offense is, is really good. Yeah, Their defense, they signed uh, – uh, in the offseason, they got three corner or two corners and a safety. They got, you know, one of the, the, the best, the top safety that was available, the Chauncey Gardner, uh, Johnson, uh, the corners, Emmanuel Mosley, uh, Cameron Sutton. So, you know, their defense was horrible, although it came on toward the end of last year. Uh, but they've added to that secondary, which they needed to. So now you're looking at the fact that with the sixth pick, they could add Jalen Carter. With wow. uh, the 18th pick, they could, they could either put another defensive guy in there or they could, you know, that's about when uh, people are going to say, hey, what about the Texas running back, the uh, B. John Robinson, where they're like, they could get, they could get like a, you know, one of the, they're saying he's a, uh, he's like a Saquon Barkley, you know, one of those elite running backs. So you, you, know, you add two guys like that. And then the fact that they think they got two number twos, the, Detroit feels like they are passing the Vikings, but I'm not ready to say, I'm ready to say that they are, Right now, I feel like they've advanced past the Vikings, but you know it's not over yet. They don't start playing games till September. Um, you know, I, I still would take Kirk Cousins over Jared Goff. I would still take you know Justin Jefferson over anything that they have offensively. So you know, and the Vikings were um, 
you know, farther along last year. And I granted they lost some people, but I guess I'd say neck and neck right now, but I can see where people are saying Detroit, uh, the Packers, I feel like are going to take a step back. I mean, uh, love's going to need at least one year to, to, you know, I mean, even, even Favre and uh, Rogers needed at least a year to, to get, you know, to learn the game and, and, and progress. Uh, and, and the Bears, the Bears could be the surprise team. The Bears, if, if Justin Field is, if he's ready, if he's ready and makes a year three jump like a Jalen Hurts did, uh, that, that we could be really saying, wow, you know, we should have thought more about the Bears. You know, it's, uh, you said it's the Lions, it's Detroit, anything could happen. But where I see is this difference with them is that I think they have the, the the brass in place the the decision makers in place who are making good decisions and are you know uh making the right moves where <clears throat> the past should have matt millen making the calls and that was a kind of disaster for him for a long time but you know i thought what were they doing when they traded stafford for goff i thought that was a huge mistake but I, you know they got all that the draft capital with it and they've been you know been doing good things with it so i i i have to when I look at it on paper, I would have to say they would be the favorite right now, just because of where they finished well, last year. You know? Yeah, I mean the, the the guys in Vegas are the ones that you know they got their money. They they don't give away money out there, so they're the ones that you know. If you want to know what kind of what's really going on, you could probably look at look at those guys. Uh, and, and that and obviously that trade that they made was it's a win win. Uh, it can it can be a win win. Uh, no matter what happens in Los Angeles. They got their Super Bowl. They got it in their own stadium. You know, that whatever they paid for it, it was worth it. Uh, but Detroit's you know, for that for it to be a win for Detroit, it's going to take two, three, four years uh, before they get all those picks together and uh, and and produce it and and put them in place. Uh, you know, a year ago they, when they were one and six, that's when they traded Hawkinson to the Vikings. It was like, right. you know, Dan Campbell's going to get he's going to get fired and. It's the same old Detroit. Well, they turned the corner and were the best team in the in the division, probably charging down the stretch. Uh, they're five and one in the division, I think. Um, what did they so give yeah, up? What, yeah. what did they get for for Hawkinson? I can't remember. A couple drafts. Well, they got a second. They got the Vikings second round pick among whatever else. So when the Vikings are sitting there in the second round, not doing anything, you know, Detroit's going to be picking one of their players. So. At some point, there will be, you know, it happens, you know, in hindsight, but, you know, they're going to look at uh, when, you know, Quasey made the trade, you know, last year, and then uh, the Hawkinson, they turn around, you know, I, you know, Detroit returns the favor and gives them, you know, probably what exactly what they needed at that point, right. I thought, um, and, he, and he paid dividends right away in that Washington game with nine right. catches or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thielen wasn't uh, – doing the same things he was doing the year before and they just they needed a guy a garbage man in the middle just gobbling up passes and first downs and that's what they got so right. you know there, there's a, a fascinating like what's going on between not only between uh chicago and the vikings with the gm starting at the same time and the coaches starting at the same time but also you know the interaction with the trades with detroit uh is it's gonna be fun to sit back and, and green bay and, and green bay yeah and green bay the you know they made the trade with them too, and and that right. Uh, the first play, first first play of the season was it could have been a uh, could have been an eighty yard touchdown uh, to to the receiver that the Vikings hand, hand delivered to him. So, 
yeah, so yeah, it's it's uh, it makes it fun to kind of watch and like keep track of like who's who's getting the best of, of each other. Yeah, it, it it's it, it's fun to track that, like you say, as as how those things go forward. Just like a draft, just like a draft, you got to watch how it develops. Some quick questions for you on the way out here, just to see what you think. What Mark? What position do the Vikings not draft under any circumstances? What's you know what what where are they solid? That uh, uh, I guess they don't need a Randy Moss uh, right now. They don't need to put somebody in over. Yeah, top of uh, of uh, of Justin Jefferson, but well, I, I think you find a spot for Randy, no matter what, what you have. Um, <laughs> but I would say, you know, running back. I mean, they're, uh, you know, not only do they have you know Madison coming back. I mean, I, I don't, I still don't think Dalvin will be on the team. I don't know what when he gets healthy. If they, if they, if there's someone that's going to trade for that contract, I don't, I don't see it. But mm-hmm. you know, I think they've moved on without him, but he's still on the team. So. But uh, you have Madison. You got uh, the Ty Chandler that they drafted last year. They got uh, Kine, forget you know Kine Kine is it? I, I would love to see him get opportunities as a running back. So right. I don't think there's any need for. Plus, when you need a running back, you can find one. Uh, so I don't think there's any need to 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 spend anything, even a late on a running back. So and and I would also say probably tight end. Although they're saying the tight end is going to be you know, one of the best positions in the, you know, like a better than average year for tight ends. I uh, certainly don't need one in the first round. I don't think you need to take one high. And I don't think you really need one because you have, you know, they, they, they got Oliver from the, they got the blocking guy from the, the Ravens. They have Hawkinson. They got they Johnny have, Munt. They got Johnny, Johnny Munt. <laughs> Johnny Munt. Just don't be throwing to Johnny on third and short in the red zone. Like they did that yeah. one game, Detroit game, I think. Um. These so that would be my two. Okay. I, I would agree with that. That means everything else is fair game. That shows you the the stat, the status of the Vikings are in. They, you know, they they could they could use a pick at any other position than what you just mentioned. So it's up for kicker. They don't need a kicker. Well, maybe they do. They don't need a they don't need a punter and they don't need a long snapper. How about that? Long snapper, all pro. Yes. First team. Um, what's the best Vikings draft pick of all time? Uh, that's that's you know I I guess I don't know what we're we're uh, attributing to that. I mean w- how we're qualifying that pick, but uh, uh, you know I I, I got to say Randy Moss because but now granted they fell in their laps, but still they they didn't they didn't gag on it. They went after it, and he he entertained a generation of Vikings fans and brought the team back after it was getting, you know, going downhill. Actually, they were used to, you know, I grew up in there in the heyday of the Vikings. And then there was a lull there for a long time. And Randy Moss brought them back to prime time, but that's my pick. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Randy, yeah, pretty good at 21. Uh, Back in your heyday, Joe, uh, Alan Page was the 15th overall pick. It's not a bad pick. If there's a, you know, other than Bud, if there's a face to this franchise, uh, you know, if I had to pick the best player in this in this franchise's history, I would say Alan Page. Is what about player. Fran Tarkington? Fran Tarkington was the 29th overall pick, which was which when he was picked, that was round three. Wow. Um, so he was 29th in 1961. Uh, Randall McDaniel was the 19th overall pick. I mean, uh, 
but I'd say that the best overall draft pick, or we should we should make this a draft day selection. It wasn't a draft pick. There's two guys. Mick Tinglehoff was. There were 17 rounds in 1962. Isn't that crazy? I've written this a few. I've written this a few thousand times. I think uh, there were like 32 centers taken or something like that. And uh, in the in the division, there I think the Bears, uh, like all the division teams, needed centers. So like the Bears took like five centers or something like that. Uh, and Mick Tinglehoff was a undrafted uh, linebacker slash center uh, that they got, you know, after the draft ended, like uh, 260 some picks and. Uh, and they then Mick is still out there. Uh, and so Mick is in the mix, but uh, you know, that was a different era. Like they might've been picking guys out of the sporting news for all we know back then. Um, you know, but, but a more modern guy, although 1990s not probably isn't considered modern by most people, <laughs> a lot of people now, but to me that it was uh, Johnny Randall as an undrafted guy. Right. Uh, and what he, what Johnny Randall became would be probably my, my number one, you know, it's not a draft pick, but it's it's an undrafted free agent. You got to you got to throw Adam Thielen into that discussion then for me. Well, uh, but yeah, Adam, love you, Adam, but I'm talking two Hall of Famers. Oh, I know it. You're I'm right. Talking, I'm just saying yeah. he's he's in there because you know you what? exactly you know, Adam Thielen for uh, younger people, young young kids like yourself. You know that that uh, you know you got to pick Adam. So. Um. Okay, then the other side of the coin is, is the worst. A uh, couple, wow. couple bubble up to the surface for me right off the bat, and and you know, by this isn't, I don't know, maybe they aren't doing the homework eventually, or you know, because they have all these these tests. They had the Wonderlick and all these other things, but they someone should have known what was going on with Erasmus James, who who had some some mental health issues and just uh, really flamed out, and he was one of the picks that the Vikings took, I think instead of Aaron Rodgers. So I think that was a, not a good thing. And the other one I want to mention just because it still burns me is uh, Troy Williamson. I'm sorry. Someone didn't do their homework there to see whether or not this guy could catch a pass. You know, um, he was the seventh overall pick in the draft. The pick they got from the Raiders for Randy Moss, in addition to a linebacker and, and somebody else. And it, it was just, it was, it's gotta be, you know, people don't say about that enough, you know, when you talk about Rudy Gobert and that trade and, and uh, uh, Herschel Walker and that trade. This is that trade is one of the got to be one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL right up there. And it's got purple wrapped around. Well, it. well, you know, that to me was um, had the potential of being you know, as great as Randy was. Uh, he hit a point where and I still swear. Red McCombs kind of did it as a as a middle finger to the uh, to the market on his way when he couldn't get a stadium. Uh, he swears that he, he swore when he was still alive that, that that wasn't the case. And but I think it was his way of saying, you know what, getting rid of him. Uh, but he was like, oh, he'd become a cancer in the, lo- in the locker room. He, you know, could we couldn't go forward with Randy, um, and and, and, he, and he Randy kind of was a, a cancer. I mean, it was coming off the field in Washington. Um, about that time is when they got rid of him. Yeah, you know, he almost got into a fight with Matt Burke in the, in, uh, in the locker room. And, uh, so he was Randy. Uh, we did see some of the bad underside of Randy, but you know, if you're going to make that move, okay, you got the seventh overall pick for a guy that had been in the league for 
seven years. So it had the potential of being, you know, a good, uh, say, say in hindsight, if for whatever reason, they, they didn't need, they didn't need uh, Aaron Rodgers, but had they taken Aaron Rodgers at number uh, seven, could you imagine like the transition from, okay, you had Randy, it's, you get uh, Aaron Rodgers and he goes on to have that career here. Is that the uh, same that draft? Is that the same draft? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, Troy Williamson and, and Erasmus James were picked before Ooh. Aaron. Now, you know, it's hard to, to beat up on him because Dante in 2004, the year before was like number two in MVP voting yeah. behind yeah. Peyton Manning. So Dante was young. He was uh, at the top of his game. So it's hard to, hard to fault. Uh, but, you know, Troy was – he wasn't as big as Randy, but he's like, you know, this this is the guy that can, you know, you know, we lose Randy's speed, but this guy can take the top off the defense. You just wait. You just wait. Randall, he was also a, yeah, another classic combine guy where you, you you pick a guy based on the combine because he, he ran a 4-3-2 at the combine. Everybody was all excited, but then he couldn't catch. So, yeah, yeah. he's, he's definitely – to me, he's like, they aren't throwing him the ball when he's running at four three two. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So that to me is one of the one of the, the top ones. Uh, that's number two on my list, and uh, it, just because it was the Randy Moss pick, it was the potential to you know to, to do so much better. Uh, and then you blow it, and you and then Randy goes on and sets a record with the Patriots a few years later. Everybody thought he was done in Oakland. And then he, you know, Bill Belichick swoops in and gives a third rounder for him or whatever it was. And gets you know a record number of touchdowns in the year they went uh, sixteen and zero. But number one, I always have to be. I have a hard time seeing anybody top this. Demetrius Underwood comes in in nineteen ninety nine as well, that's, the that's the guy. Uh, that's the guy who had issues, isn't it? Wasn't it Demetrius uh, Underwood who left? Well, yeah, Rasmus. You're talking about Erasmus James. He was defensive end who he he might have had some some issues as well, but not to. The extent no, of that, Demetrius. Demetrius is who I was thinking of. My mistake. Okay. Okay. Well, then Demetrius is the is the classic. I mean, that's the one. He shows up at training camp on day one, leaves before it's over. <laughs> Maybe might have left at lunchtime for, right. and never comes back. Never play. And he had uh, he had missed the year before at Michigan State, uh, and he wasn't hurt. So it was like he took a year off. Uh, that's that's a, that's one that will always be, you know, up there. Somebody it doesn't compete. It doesn't compete with uh, well, the, you know, the stories you hear is that homework was done and uh, and Denny overruled it. But um, uh-huh. you know, it, like Jamarcus Russell will always be number one because he was number one overall pick. He was the can't miss quarterback, and he was you know number one overall, one of the, the worst pick ever. But this this is when it comes in Vikings history, number one over number one picks. Uh, that that's that, that's the guy. Yeah. We're totally, we're totally agreed then because that's who I was thinking of. I had the wrong guy, but you know, where I, I just thought, man, uh, how could they not see some of this coming with some of the issues that he had? And he, he just uh, didn't he show up in fatigues one day and, and or something like that, too. And, well, he showed up one day, so yeah, it was just training a, camp, and that was it. Well, that's that that's a uh, that's a uh, uh a great way to end it on just with that cheery note. We, we, yeah, yeah, really. You should should have done that in reverse order, you know. <laughs> we'll be back next week to to talk about more draft stuff. Well, maybe we'll learn more about where where the Vikings are at. If not, we'll we'll speculate and 
and uh, say it anyway, but uh, and talk about it. But uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, appreciate that every week that you do. Uh, thanks, Mark, for your insight. Thanks, Mike Waldem, uh, producing behind the scenes. And thanks, Joe Johnson. Joe, you got to help us get a pick this year, buddy. We, we, we're always thinking of you. So until then, to everybody out there, Joe, skull. Skull.